it's more efficient and it takes less power. And I think this is right when you go pad to pad. Right. Because that makes sense. That's how I would design it if I was going to design something made up. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Spot, Stardate 61063.1. Welcome aboard the Starships Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me, as always, it's rumoured that she caused the walls to fall at Tanagra. It's Ambassador Delay! <laughs> Any idea what that's referencing? Yes, but I'm uh-huh. trying to remember if I know any of the other words uh-huh. for that. Yep. They're in there somewhere, but it's it's a jumbly mess at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could say at the moment and then let everyone assume that at times it's just perfectly clear thinking up there. But I think we all know it's pretty jumbly most of the time. I believe in you. You can you can pull you can pull them out. I don't think I can. There's a person. There's a person that's referenced. This is the people. Mm-hmm. This is yep. the group of people that speak in metaphors. Yes, it is. Yeah. 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 So it's like iris when she pooped in the toilet the first time yes and that would be a moment of of great joy and possible (laughs) confusion for 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 another group of people that don't know those words that'd be very confusing well yeah or for the for iris might be confused because it's a strange thing to celebrate (laughs) no it's not no until you have wiped shit off of a person for a very very long time Uh, uh, then you no longer uh, really have to you don't really understand the true joy no, of when a that's child fair. not only poops in the toilet, but also learns to wipe themselves. It's an odd thing to celebrate, but I feel mm. like that'd be one of those weird metaphors that you would mention in a show like this, where like only mm. certain people would really, really understand. Yes, here on Poop Trek, um, <laughs> this is where we cover the important news of the week. It'd be, it'd be Parenting Trek. <laughs> what a great show idea! Parenting Trek, it would! So, but what's it got to do with mountains? <laughs> well, have you seen shit? kind of uh, turns into a little mountainous shape sometimes. No, I thought it was more like chocolate ice cream. I mean, anyway. It, it can be both. <laughs> it can is... be both. Anyway. Because <laughs> uh, now I've just got poo-flavored ice cream in my head. Oh, it's better than... But not in uh, your mouth, and not that's in my mouth. good. That's the main Let's thing. look at the silver lining here. This week, we will be continuing our... I, I realized how profound this theme is without realizing how profound the like kind of sub-theme is is that we're not just kind of following data we're following the dangers of artificial intelligence as well <laughs> um i didn't realize how dark it was going to be but it like tng keeps it quite light despite dealing with like stuff that should be the end of the galaxy like when picard deals with the dangers of ai it's like the end of the universe kind of situation when tng does it it's moriarty on the holodeck and oh yeah now he's trapped in a simulation isn't life grand how does Lower Decks deal with it. Well, Lower Decks is on the, holy shit, this is terrible, end of the spectrum as well, because they're slowly building an AI army that I think is going to be a big thing in season three. What are those little bots called again? The Exocomps. I like those. I mean, I like like them because (laughs) (laughs) they're a little chaotic and they add an unexpected flavor to the show. I don't like... I don't like what's potentially about to happen with them. Mm. Well, that bodes well, because this episode is the origin of the exocomps. What? Are you serious? Serious. 
So we have oh, talked about this shit. episode before, but yeah, we're going to go back to the beginning of the exocomps. Um, considering that's going to tie into Lower Decks, I think it'd be handy to know where these little critters came from. Um, and it is a very data-focused episode as well, so it kind of fits in really well. So as is the tradition starting last week, one general prediction, one very oddly specific prediction for the episode. Okay. <laughs> we're going to do this for as many weeks as I remember to do it. All right. Well, the first sense in my mind that's a very oddly specific thing is food delivery is going to happen um, <laughs> in what sense like an uber no well <laughs> like, like a space uber no like if there's going to be something that's delivering food not i'm not i'm not thinking it's like a replicator i'm gonna say a replicator sort of like, is used in this episode well yeah but i'm thinking more like i don't know why okay here's why here's why we're talking about these x comps and i'm trying to like the first thing that pops into my head was when i was little my parents had a vhs tape <laughs> of um mm-hmm. flight of the navigator yeah which may be one of the reasons i love spaceship shit so much because that movie was to me next level awesome <laughs> oh yeah i bet because i Absolutely. saw it when i was really little right yeah and there's this one scene where this kid is taken out of this like facility basically by an exo ex what is exo exocomp yeah because exocomp. it's that and he delivers food remember it's like that little robot buddy yeah, it kind of yeah, shows yeah, yeah, up yeah. and he has food inside of yeah. his little robot. And okay. it's Sarah Jessica Parker when she was super young. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like 80s up with her crazy <laughs> hair and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing her going, wow, is that what I'm going to look like someday? Look like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and oh, I was really intrigued by what she was doing with this machine. She's like pushing buttons and so I'm thinking of food delivery, which is why I'm going to go ahead and make the prediction that there's food delivery. Okay, it's that's, just in my your, head. that's your oddly specific one. I like yeah. that. That's cool. What's your general predi- prediction? What's the name of this? What's the name of the episode again? Uh, quality of life. Pretty sure a robot robot is going to try is going to kill something that they don't think is mm. living, mm. and then the question becomes who gets to determine what is and isn't life. Wait, the robot kills something that isn't living? It, it doesn't matter to it because it doesn't think it's living. Oh, right. It has a different definition of life and disregards. So interesting. Okay, I like that. That's really cool. Okay, well, we're... Well, that tells me that's not what's about to happen. <laughs> Sorry. Damn it. My poker face is so bad on the predictions. I need to remove myself from the, from the conversation and then it's just our... have no reaction. It's our D and D brain yep. where we're like, "This is a great, this is a great setting for a story." Yeah, make a note of that and then steal it later. Um, well, with, with those predictions firmly locked in, let's take a look at the origins of kind of the origins of fruit basket in the quality of life, and we will see you in ten forward for a full debrief. Two to beam out. Welcome to Ten Forward, part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Most important question first: What is your beverage of choice? It, uh, a beverage. Just a beverage. This <laughs> time it's a beverage. I will have one beverage, please. Okay, I'll have tears of a dead exocomp. Oh. Like probably it's a little oily. Oh. Maybe it probably tastes like Guinness, honestly. Have you had I always, Guinness? I feel like never. I feel like <laughs> Guinness <laughs> must taste like 
oil. It looks very oily. <laughs> Guinness is a shut your mouth. Guinness is beautiful. <laughs> it is the nectar of the gods. It is so so tasty. When we were in Europe together and we went to we went to restaurants. Actually no, it wasn't even just Europe. When we were in the US, anytime mm. that there was a eating out, mm-hmm. Ian if he orders a Guinness, you can gauge his level of appreciation for the wait staff uh, and their training mm. on mm-hmm. bartending yeah. based solely on the arrival of his Guinness cup. Easily. Abs- easily. It's it's such an, an easy way to tell the level <laughs> of either training or giving a shit. And I could totally understand anybody not giving a shit about working in the service industry because it sucks. But... You're going to get judged if you don't bring me a Guinness that is properly poured. It's not hard. It's not hard. Okay, okay, okay. If it's not if it's not oily, then there is this drink from, I believe it's the Northeast, like in New England area in the US, mm-hmm. called Moxie. Oh, this, I know of this. Yeah. This, this is like Bovril, I does think. does taste like molasses yeah. sort of black licorice oil. Gravy. Okay, that's going to be ex-comp tears. Glad okay. we got there eventually. That's what I would have. What would you drink, Captain? Well, I want to drink the tears shed at Data's funeral for his career. <laughs> that's just a what? mix of different people's tears. Because his career is over and there would be a funeral for it. Because he broke the rules. Again. <laughs> and took over the ship. And yet he never is booted, is he? No, never gets booted. Okay, this week with that, we are going to be reviewing season six, episode nine of Star Trek Next Generation, the quality of life, the um, mining facility that the Enterprise visits is experimenting with a new type of particle beam that raises mining materials up from the planet, but it is fraught with problems and can a new type of technology help them meet their deadlines? Perhaps it can, but only if they prove that it is not alive, as Data seems to believe that these beings are sentient and should not be used as slave labor, and they especially should not be used to save his crewmate. Ambassador, general thoughts and feelings about this episode. Now, we're coming off the high of last week, where you have watched your all-time favourite TNG <laughs> episode that we've watched live together. And yeah. jumping into... I mean, jumping off of that, like, the only way is down after that. Um, yeah. So I was a bit bit trepidatious, because we have a much more thinky episode. But what did How you think? How far will I fall? Indeed. Uh, First of all... No, 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 I'll just say it. It didn't fall very far. I loved it. Yay! Yeah. I really enjoyed this one, but halfway through, I remembered that we've had conversations about it because of mm. our chat with um, uh, Lower Decks. Yes. So I remembered, oh, we've talked about this one. So I kind of had some of the framework in my mind, uh, but I still really enjoyed it, even though I knew some of the big brush strokes yeah. of this of this episode. But I'm surprised you didn't me- uh, mention anything about the beard. The importance of the beard in this episode? So, the cold... In your intro? The cold opens can sometimes, like, merge into different episodes. I totally... Like, there's no need for this one to be in this episode. Which had nothing nothing to do with anything. with the story. No. There's no No, theme. There's no, like, mm -hmm. undercurrent. It's just, Geordie has a beard. (laughs) Yeah. What was confusing for me is it seemed like there was maybe an attempt to do some sassiness with Dr. Crusher. Because mm. she was a little bit sassy in this episode. And I, I'll, uh, when we get into the specifics yep. of this one, I'll kind of point out the, the moments when I character. feel like she was sassy. But but yeah, in this one, she almost... She somehow convinces 
every male at the table to <laughs> shave their beards if she wins at poker, which... To be fair, she convinces Riker and Geordie. That's true. <laughs> Wolf is like, no. No. <laughs> the, the cut to his face when Geordie agrees and his face just sinks. He's like, no, I don't agree to this. He just gets swept along. Poor but buddy. I will say, this is really weird. When I sat down to record, I hit record and then I connected with you. We watched the episode. I actually mentioned your beard completely out of the blue. Just because, you know, when I sit down to record, I just start talking as soon as I start recording. Mm, Yeah. So that you have material to pull for the outtakes or Mm -hmm. whatever. Listen, after the show for that gold. Well, you'll hear me talking about your beard. And then, like, imagine my shock that this episode starts centered on the beard. And I was like, what the fuck? I should have predicted the beard. You should, that should have been your your very oddly specific prediction, is that there would have been a conversation about beards. It would have blown my fucking mind. I would have lost it. Uh, and nobody yet still believes believe when it. this stuff happened. Yeah, uh-huh. no one would believe it. No, not at anyway, all. I really enjoyed the episode. Good. I found it to be interesting and hit some really deep tones, and there was still some opportunity for humor. There was a lot of anger in this episode. Uh-huh. This one really leaned into happiness. people being pissed. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of unique. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? How many times have you seen this episode? And oh. Do you still love it? Like it? What do you think? Yeah, I've seen this episode dozens and dozens of times. I think it's one that I come back to because I love I love the science in it. And I mean that from Data's point of view. <laughs> I don't mean from, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Dr. Farallon. She is a terrible scientist. Um, <laughs> but I love the experimenting that Data does. And he, he has a hypothesis and then he keeps testing it and testing it and testing it and testing it and testing it. And a lot of science and experimenting is like an accidental discovery or tweaking the hypothesis or testing again and again and again and getting that information together. Um, now, un- unfortunately, he has 29 failures and then one success. So his parameters are a little bit squiffy. But I always loved going back to that as a kid and watching this episode and just watching the exocomps have so much character without saying a word is a really neat trick of this episode and i love watching them i would i joked during the while we were watching the show i would have a series of them being the a team and just going in and solving problems yeah. like no script no nothing just like wiggly ears and just flapping antennas yeah just talking to each other twitching about and communicating and solving problems i think it would get old but um i always <laughs> came back because i loved them i loved the design of the robot um, I love the idea that Data is battling with um, what does it mean to be alive, and fight. He, he's often fighting for his own um, place in the universe. To see him fight for someone else's, those episodes always, always get me. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah. love this one because we often see Data fighting for his crewmates, but yeah. not a potential new life form that's so similar to his own. And there was this really interesting moment when he was arguing with Riker. Well, I shouldn't say arguing. When Riker was screaming because he was mad. <laughs> right. Rightfully so, because Data it, locked Dana. him out of <laughs> out of the beaming system. Um, what's it called? Transporta- transporter system? Yeah. Yeah. Transporter system. And Riker's like, you are going to be in big trouble. And Data's super <laughs> calm. He's like, yeah, I know that. I already calculated that. And uh-huh. here's why, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's this moment where, and this is one of the things I really love about this episode, the exploration of why, like you're talking about, he's run these scientific experiments. He's, he's confident that there's something to pay attention to. And one of the things he says is that as humans, uh, I watch you guys make decisions based on belief or instinct. And I don't relate to that because I don't have that, but I Mm. do have 
mechanical insight. And so, so he's seeing a pattern in the mechanical behavior of these robots that were created and are making intellectual decisions that preserve their life, which is one of the things that kind of kicks off the intensity of this particular episode. And he's mm-hmm. like, this is something to pay attention to. And here's why. I think I understand that there is a there's a system that they're doing that that tells me that there's intelligence here in a way that's unexpected. And I like that he pushed the boundaries of that. And I really loved how this episode ends with the conversation with Picard, where Data goes into that uncomfortable moment of basically saying, I almost sacrificed you, Picard. And yeah. Picard's like, that's the most human we thing go- you've done so far. Oh. Oh, it was just like, oh my God. This, this one's surprisingly emotional to me in some ways. It really is. And one of the things I love is how characters stay in their lanes. So we're at season six. And I think if you'd have had this episode during season two, a lot of the people could have been moved around. So maybe Riker would have been the more sympathetic one, Picard would have been more stern. But at this point, like, Riker is doing exactly what I expect Riker to do. He is offended. He's pissed off. He's like, cool, scientific discovery. Well done. More importantly, uh, we My need captain. to get Geordie and Picard out of there. Yeah. And Picard is the more the moral high ground. And he's like, cool. No, perfectly fine of us dying in that case because you, you did the right thing. Um, I, I love how comfortable everyone is um, in season six. I, I love it. They also... Like the writers went into the definition of life. I really enjoyed the conversation. That mm-hmm. da- so data is like seeking answers, both with scientific experimentation and intellectual conversation. So he is this sort of curious being attempting to not only find his place in the world, but also solve a really important time constraint problem to p- protect potential life. Yeah. And when he's talking to Dr. Crusher, you know, she gives her version of what life is and this really beautiful conversation happens with uh, about fire he's like mm, uh, i love da- this data says what is the definition of life and she says life is what enables plants and animals to consume food for energy grow adapt and reproduce she said it way cooler um and he responds like fire and i was just like Whoa! oh shit yeah mind blown <laughs> I was exactly the same when whenever I heard that. I was like, oh my God, technically, yeah, that's right. And yet data is way more alive than fire. Like what an interesting way to phrase mm-hmm. that question. She does go on to further define that that's a chemical reaction and then references growing crystal. But it's still a great way to take the average viewer and mm. expand their thought process without it being technical star trek Mm, babble which mm -hmm. is also just all over this episode this episode is like (laughs) oh the just got a new yeah yeah, ian got a new manual he's eating it up because it's all the techno babble and all of like the reasons that the techno babble actually makes sense in the star trek universe (laughs) (laughs) and why they threw some words at me and i was just like oh you never come back to this (laughs) (laughs) that's a word that means nothing um but they do the nice balance of and for those of you at home that are thinking more in our way of thinking, like we're yeah. taught in our human schools, here's like fire. Is fire alive? <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I, I understand this dis- part. I remember that description <laughs> from school. And I'm like, yep, absolutely makes sense. Plants and beings reproduce, eat and burn fuel and whatnot. <laughs> and then mind blown. You have a fucking fire, oh, dude. Is what what fire about alive? that one? 
Do you realize that? <laughs> Open your mind, my friend. Uh, I love it that. Was a, it was a great episode for almost every reason because there's also the uncomfortable like um, conflicts that are happening Oof. amongst people. And it's not just this new doctor character who has created the exocomps. There's interpersonal conflict as well. Uh, to me, it's a little bit sinful, but it's still interesting to see like even Jordy sort of rolling his eyes when the doctor, ro- uh, uh, the new exocomp doctor comes on board and is talking with Data and they're having this passionate <laughs> conversation and chop, Jordy chop. looks like he's just like, whatever, guys. This is old news. <laughs> You're his friend. You should be excited to see, Yeah, you know, it Data does feel getting weird. to... It does, but there's just this conflict that's throughout this entire episode and there's this tension that's in almost every scene and I think that it's the writers playing with how to make us feel tension rather than just, I don't know, yeah. at ease. Like tension and urgency. Which works. It adds like an extra dynamic um, instead of just her being a fan person and, and geeking out. Um, yeah. How did you feel about Dr. Farallon overall? Because she goes on like a journey from under pressure to geeking out about data to hating data to being ruthless and then coming back around full circle to super duper chill. Like she goes on a journey. I loved her. Oh, I loved her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I always enjoy seeing interesting prosthetics. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of prosthetics Mm. that are on forehead because there's a lot of space there to play with. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And it's a nice flat surface as well Uh on the bridge of the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've said this before, I don't mean to be repetitive, but there is something about a strong female that's unapologetic that mm. wi- they stand out. And I think if I had seen this episode when I was younger, I might have been thinking the baseline reactions of, oh, she's mean. I don't like her. But now that I'm older and a career woman, there is just such a relief that I feel mm. when there is an example of an unapologetically strong individual. In fact, she's very much like Riker. Mm. So if you're comfortable with Riker being very bold and in your face and confident and direct, but you're not comfortable with her, I would ask you what the difference is. Mm. And maybe, you know, maybe there isn't really a difference. Maybe there is. We could talk about it. But I really enjoyed her. She made me uncomfortable. She made me frustrated. She made me excited. Um, and I related to her. And so uh, I really, really enjoyed that character, especially because at the end, I mean, even there's this moment um, when she snaps off, I think, at Jordy, mm. and, and then apologizes. Immediately, yeah, she yeah. apologizes. I've done that so many times with you guys uh-huh. that I work with because I mean, I'm incredibly I wasn't passionate to agree with and direct. That so quickly. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Why not? Every it's day. true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But that's the thing is, I, I kind of feel like I finally found a place with mm. my team right now that I can be really bold and really direct and if I'm wrong I can immediately say sorry I'm just experiencing it and everyone's just like cool no we get it and we move on there's not this stop down to pander to womenly emotions which is something that you see so much in content it is so much everywhere especially growing up but it's still there a little bit Mm. um, or a lot depending on what you're watching and I think that it's just nice to see this particular approach to a very strong female. So, yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I love her determination. You can't help but feel sorry for her because we've all worked 
on those projects that are just mined from the outset, like before you even conceive them, they are doomed to have every single roadblock conceivable. And she just can't catch a break. And it sucks because the Exocom, she can't predict that. And that's another roadblock. And it's like she can't help but be painted as the bad guy because she wants to, she has to push her project, she has to meet her deadlines. And now this very justifiable problem is in her way. And who do you get mad at? You get mad at the person that found the problem, even though it's not their fault. You just, you've got to put that anger somewhere. So I, mm-hmm. I was always super duper sympathetic towards her. The only, I was, yeah, I was too. The only um, thing that always stood out at me, and when I said she's a bad scientist earlier, it's this one line that says that when she's talking to Jordi and she says, I will do whatever it takes to prove that this experiment works. I was like, that's not how experiments work. That's not science. If the mind, if the the particle beam doesn't work, it doesn't work. No amount of determination is going to prevent that. If it's fundamentally flawed and it doesn't work, it doesn't matter how hard you try or how many hours you put in, it ain't going to work. And scientists have to be open to that. And they, if you're so dogged and so blinded to this is going to work because I want it to work, it's unfair to everybody that's working on the project. It's unfair to other technology that isn't getting the same attention because it's lacking that one charismatic person at the top. So that's where that that leadership thing is great. And it's really, really cool for getting shit done. But it's really, really bad at identifying whether that shit needs to be done. <laughs> yeah, a personality like hers, which was sort of touched on uh, when she was talking with Jordy in 10 Forward. They're sitting at a table and he says something like, I bet you're the kind of person that gets what you want. Or if there was a tree, you would climb to the top. And she says, yeah, that's me. And he says, and I bet you never ran into any problems either. And she's like, no, I ran into problems all the time. I fall Mm, and break my bones. The difference, I just get, get up and keep going. Her personality seems to be that if she perceives a barrier, she just pushes through it, which is a type of a personality that's needed in a lot of cases. But it also needs someone to temper that a little. And this episode balanced her well with having authority because she butted up against authority many times. Mm. And like you said, rightfully so, there's some parts of her personality that need to be worked on. But that type of a flawed character is nice to see, too. She's Mm, not perfect, you know, in that way. Uh, And they really kind of went places. I don't know if they intended to. There's been many episodes of Star nah, Trek I so think, far I that I've interpreted differently. Sex Candle, for example. Yeah. Where... <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, we just wanted to make a sex episode. That was all. Yeah. Sex ghost. I love how I'm like, oh my God, they're really pushing against the boundaries of like <laughs> abuse and all this. And you're like, no, no, no. Um, I've read some interviews and that was definitely not their intention. Oh, man. <laughs> this has happened when working on a cinema in script as well. Someone in like, someone in the YouTube comments has said, man, that was really profound and it harks back to like this essay or something that somebody wrote and I was like, no, I was just making a dick joke, sorry. <laughs> so I hate to undermine that you thought it was oh. such a great idea. My bad. Um, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> there is, there's one little back and forth conversation that I love that's super, super simple and it's something I always identify with TNG. And it's when um, when we first get introduced to the exocomps with um, Dr. Her name will not stay in my head. Farallon. Keep thinking Faraday. Farallon? Dr. Farallon. And she goes to Picard and just asks for more time. And he's like, well, I'm going to need a good reason. And you're almost expecting this conflict and she's going to have to go behind their backs or something but she states her case has some evidence and Picard says sweet yeah we'll postpone for two days and this seems worth it 
there is no conflict in that conversation. Like they say that yeah. writing and TV shows are all about conflict. That's just a conversation between adults that's respectful. It's nice. And it's just, it's nice. And it sounds so dumb to call it nice, but it's, this is why I live in good. TNG because <laughs> it's, I feel like it's the later seasons in particular where they still sprinkle conflict in is more yeah. realistic as to how life on a starship would actually be. Not utopia, but not depressing like Deep Space Nine as well. Um, I, just, I just love that. It, just, it gives me fuel for like living on that ship. I love it. It also amplifies the importance of the experiment and talking about your reasoning and then it being something that's approved. So in that case, she gives her scientific reasoning and then it's approved. So it kind of gives validity to what Data is doing too. He's And, and they even go into that, like, you know what? Okay, if you think this, let's test your hypothesis. So it's a very scientific episode and it really supports that type of community um, when, when Farallon, Dr. Farallon shows up in the debriefing room. So data has said, these are living creatures. We can't use them for this mining, uh, experiment any longer. Mm. And Dr. Farallon is looking at her work, just being sunk down the tubes. And she's like, no, 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 This isn't going to happen guys. And she goes and fighting, you know, she shows up at the table and she's like, we're not, we're not doing this. These are not living creatures. And they all kind of sit around and come to this conclusion that they need to re-experiment. And it's just like watching TNG is like watching very intelligent at the top of their game professionals navigate the discomfort of disagreement and mm. giving us a visual example and a, a physical like a, an example of how you can communicate well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's maybe one of the reasons that I like it too is Yes, even though it's weird to say it's nice, it's 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 just it works whether it's fantasy or not. I I, I don't think it is because I'm kind of experiencing that in my life now, where I get to have these kinds of conversations as creative people at CinemaSins. We don't agree on every single script. Mm -hmm. We don't agree on every single sin. We have to come to the table sometimes, not even just in writing, but in general with ideas or you know, like planning things that that we're excited about or little miniature projects here and there. We have a lot of passionate, creative people that come to the table and we don't all agree. So giving us examples of this as people of how you can communicate at the top of your game, it's just a it's it's a relief, honestly. Yeah. I I love it. It feels realistic. It feels relatable. Oh, it, does. it doesn't feel contrived. I love it well, so it, much. It feels it feels realistic now that I'm experiencing it. I think mm. maybe earlier in life I'd be like, there's nothing like this because I was in retail or something, you know? It's like oh, 100%, working, yeah. at, working at Expedia, you know, in a call yeah. center. I'm like, this isn't real life. Nobody cares. Just you know? do as you're told. No one gets a say. No one actually debates anything. It's just do as you're told. Yeah. Um, speaking of relief, one of my favorite moments of this episode is at the very beginning we like we said, Doctor Crusher bets that if she wins, mm. all beards are shaved. Worf doesn't agree to that, which is definitely <laughs> something that we could talk about in the sin section briefly. He's not wearing but his baldric. What? He isn't wearing his baldric. Well, we'll talk notice? about that in the sin Sorry. section. Okay, okay, okay. It's okay. It's fine. it's fine. Um, and the moment that they're interrupted to come to the like for some kind of communication, they're all like, "Hey, come to the bridge." Or I don't even remember their call, but they're they're called away from the poker table. 
Mm-hmm. The relief on Warp's <laughs> face was so funny to me. Because <laughs> he was just like, it's like he was waiting with bated breath for that moment where he is officially called away. Like, this is it. This could be whenever I'm saved. And then he's just like, yep, we're leaving now. Was, I love that part. That was really about funny. having Warp there is that throughout all of TNG, he is the worst poker player. Like, he is there <laughs> because it's like a, a social expectation. He never ever wins he usually folds or just paces the wrong bet so geordie and Riker are making this bet and he's like i have no power in this situation i can't agree i can't disagree i can't even play to win because i know i'm terrible at this stupid fucking game because i can't stab anyone so he's just he is so powerless and it's a beautiful position to put wharf in (laughs) it is it really is. Um, um, yeah. Anything else uh, that we want to cover of things that we loved? I, I do. I loved the, you've already mentioned it, but the exocomp was so cute. I don't um, know why. Isn't it? It's the wiggly. It's it's round. I don't know why. It's got the little feet that it doesn't use because it hovers. So why does it need feet? And then it has like the little antenna and the little waggly it might, it might need little feet for some of its stuff. Like little if it's on the ground, around. you know. It's it's so expressionful because when it when it's, doing the experiment with data and it's figuring it out it's the when we first see it it's at the panel it's doing its zappy thing when the timer runs out it comes out turns around hovers a little bit makes you can see it making a decision somehow and then yeah. it goes back in it's like oh this is some bullshit i'm gonna go back in and carry on with yeah. my job it's so yeah. so great i did have a question with the exocomps you were introduced probably one of the few people to be in nah, maybe not one of the few who knows but one of the people that's introduced to the exocomps through lower decks first, and Peanut yeah. Amber. How cool was it to have like the the animated version of Peanut Amber in your mind, and then see the far more serious, real exocomps of the of TNG in all their nineties glory? I am both. It was both like this is cool, and oh no, <laughs> oh no, because I know what pe- I know what happens with Peanut Amber. Yeah, it gets really sorted. This is this. It's not great, um, and it's like a. It's still a lingering TBD situation because we haven't seen the resolution of what occurs with Peanut Hamper mm-hmm. and the prison of Exocomps uh, that we, you know, because we saw a yeah. lot of locked up Exocomps, uh-huh. and so I'm. It's kind of like, Wait, oh where? my god, they're so cute, and then it's. And then well, at the very end of of, se- of the season, I uh, oh no 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 that's not alert. they're not all exocomps they're just that's just an AI prison for general different types of AIs that have gone rogue it, because uh-huh. it's such a common theme in Star Trek. There's loads from the original series. They now have a facility where they're all locked away, so they aren't all exocomps. Okay, all right. Well, in my imagination, that's what I thought that they were. Oh, I need to go back and probably watch that again, or just that scene of a seeing war kind of exocomps. Because it was essentially just like cell upon cell upon cell in like mm. a circular All different computers, ring. not all Just all these different computers. Yeah. I bet Moriarty's in there. I, I, I hope so. I bet he is. Wouldn't that be fucking cool? It would be fucking awesome. I bet that's where they store it. Probably not, since we now know spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert is in an upcoming spoiler alert. Good. <laughs> you didn't. You did all the editing there for me. I love it. You're uh, welcome. So, uh, were, were were they like kind of how you expected them to look? Or because Lower Decks has to simplify everything. Was it a bit distracting about how nineties no, and hovering the way? I, I had a feeling I, you would love them. So I saw it and immediately I was like, I want one. Yeah. Why? So do I. 
but I immediately like a little, like a little, you know how you have your ships displayed? Uh-huh. I sort of want to have like a little peanut hamper, but not peanut hamper. I want the, I want this exo comp. Yes. You want the little, right? you want a little the des- desco comp that will sit on your desk. Desco comp. But I need it to come apart. So have you ever been to the doctor's office and they have on their shelf the anatomy of whatever body part their profession is? Yeah. So like if yeah, you yeah. go into like the optimo- uh, the optometrist mm-hmm. then they have like the eye and you yeah. can begin to dissect Exploded it you can version. take off the lens yeah. and take off this and see the optic nerve and blah 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 or you can like i want one right okay i want i want a little guy that i can take the top off yes. and then start to remove all the little pieces on so the like inside the and put it back together that you would open up and like yeah oh man that would be like a little poly pocket do you have poly pocket in america yes we yeah do. so it's like you open up the living room and you have like the little kitchen and, and whatever yeah but with an exocomp it's just yeah. it's just data holding up a sign saying shut the door. <laughs> this is private. <laughs> yeah, this, this is my space. But oh, it, it, t- to me, I want to put things inside of it. What if it's a like a little jewelry box, but it's disguised mm. as a you know this sort of interactive exocomp? I loved it. I loved all the little lights that were on Ugh. it, and just thinking about the people who made right? all the things for the set and how they constructed them and what materials did they use. I get really curious about that. And I'm not sure how much of the of these items survived oh, into I don't, 2023. I don't want to Google it. Because back then they binned a lot of it. They were just like recycle yeah. that that exocomp is probably a like control panel on an alien ship somewhere else. Um but yeah, I I can't imagine they'd be too hard to 3D print. There's got to be like the schematics out there for it at some point. I'm sure somebody has done that, but I, I immediately just I want to have it because it's just adorable. So yes, I loved it. I love the the aesthetic of it. I also recognized. I feel maybe on lower decks was did they go to another mining thing that was on one of them where they were on a big mining. Uh, facility that had like a beam tractor going down that was the one where mm. she like base jumps down oh and they mi- all mining the spots. mines mines yeah, yeah so it's it interesting well to be. see that perhaps this mining thing ended up working somehow oh i have no we're, doubt yeah we're seeing it not work in this one yeah. so that was also just sort of an interesting kind of like oh, i recognize this this sort of because they base jump down yeah. with her and mick stutterson uh because they switched Ransom. gears where they were supposed to be the ones doing the down at the pleasure at the pleasure place yeah, because yeah, they almost got thrown Ransom. into the the volcano yeah yeah mm-hmm. on that one i'm pretty I sure it was a mining episode. establishment you yeah. might be right i mean lower decks is great for orienting itself in the universe with stuff like that and picking up perhaps forgotten threads so i'll have to rewatch that and have a look but so it, it is fun because me. i'm I'm watching TNG, but I'm recognizing things from <laughs> from lower decks. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> it is, but and I it's love it because it is. It absolutely is how it works. I absolutely love it. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, um, I, I thought this was clever. I also on the mm. exocomp thing, I liked the how they revealed that these exocomps were potentially alive. The idea that they shut oh. down a system and then they repaired themselves. It was just oh, a very clever way really, of introducing really an AI life form. Yeah, yeah. multi layered and it's it's even the the fact that it didn't just it didn't fail the test it saw through it and it was like oh your your computer is your computer seems to think that there's an energy beam going through here but it's incorrect let me fix that for you it's like you son of a bitch yeah. you saw my my problem like if it hadn't seen the problem that might have been proof that it wasn't alive because it's just following 
input. So it's just amazing yeah. writing. Really, it really, really, really is. clever. Because they're kind of asking us to expand our imagination as they haven't defined it for us in the episode, which is oftentimes what happens is they'll leave up the mystery and then they'll tell you, here's what's actually happening according to the writer's perspective. But they do this interesting thing in this episode where they're like, how powerful are the XCOMPs? For example, when Data shuts down uh, the ability for them to transport, <laughs> to do the transporter beam. Oh, yes. yeah. For a split second, uh-huh. I'm like, are these things powerful enough to take over the transporter oh, shit. beam? You know, yeah. they kind of give us that moment of mystery yes. where we're trying to figure out how these beings are or are not. So they can just really with clever writing. Yeah. Really, really clever really writing. Clever. Um, man, it's so fucked up the day it can do that. Anyway, um, I, <laughs> one of my other, that's in The Sims, one of my other thoughts was I wish that more episodes would tie other characters in, in the way that they tie Beverly in. So this doesn't feel forced. Like Beverly's invested in this. Like it makes sense that Data would go to Beverly about the definition of life because he needs more information if he's going to make an assessment as to whether the exocomps are alive and whether he is alive he needs a definition and a biological definition is the is one way that he can go so she's invested in what he's talking about so the fact that she turns up at the experiment halfway through the episode as well it's just it's a great way to use her instead of lumping all of that onto Geordie or having Worf randomly there. It wouldn't make sense if Worf was there. Um, And some episodes don't do this so well. Like, suddenly, Deanna will show up because she has some knowledge of something that she definitely doesn't have any knowledge of. Um, But no, I I wish more episodes did with Beverly what they did in this one. I love her in this. Yes, I loved loved Beverly in this too. She was incredibly sassy. Um, And I want to point out that she... Might not have the Riker lean, but she has the foot up in chair, elbow on knee <laughs> lean going on. It's casual. a very power pose. Super casual. It's exposing. It, it's a different. It's a, it's not the man spread. It's the woman spread, you know? The woman spread. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's mm-hmm. her office. She can spread it wherever she wants. Uh, she also fought Worf in this one. <laughs> okay. That didn't make any sense. Like, we hey, need... She is on fire it this episode. Any... It's one of my sins, but it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. It's like they needed a reason for her to be in sickbay. And it's like, she's the fucking doctor. She should be in sickbay. Like, if... I don't know if they wanted a reason for her to be in a robe. And like, she's super duper casual. But there is no reason for the beard conversation or for the bat left conversation. Like, it's it's so, such a strange choice. But there we go. Um, there's just one other... There's one of the like little line that I liked, and it was data. We kind of covered this, but it's data wrestling with at what point did I stop being a selection of metal and then start being alive? Like that's such a it blows my mind when I think about it because it's true. It's like he was just a ton of pieces, and we're just like a ton of biological material, but somehow we're aware. And what we can do with that awareness is this, and it's something that birds and cats and dogs can't do but because we have self-awareness we can it's one of the most important questions and yeah i the show handles it really really well i love it well is there anything else that you want to cover or shall we skip on to the sins as fast as we possibly can well i have one question for you are beards a fashion statement or are they i don't know what the other alternative was <laughs> are they a fashion uh, well, statement or are they, they just said something that, that they I would want? be an affectation yeah. i believe in this episode mm-hmm. Which, for those of you that don't know what affectation means, I didn't have to look it up or anything. So, <laughs> uh, an affectation uh, means a uh, something something. It's a behavior, speech, or writing that is an artificial, uh, is artificial and designed to impress. Mm. 
It's I don't like, think beards are artificial, it's, it's like and I don't was... think that they're defined to impress. I think they're mm-hmm. just a preference that someone has to. You have an option for a beard, so like, why not go for it? it an affectation would be like if I had a pipe that was never lit and I just chew on it. <laughs> <laughs> I never use it. It's just because I think it looks fucking cool to have a pipe, right? Um, or you you like to wear glasses, but you don't actually need to wear glasses. That kind of thing. You just like you have it because you enjoy. Yeah. wearing it like that kind of thing yeah kind of but I, I even that seems a little bit different to me because you might just like how you look weird that's not for anyone else that might just make you feel better uh, and for me personally i just like having the beard i think i i prefer how i look with the beard i like having to touch i shouldn't touch it because germs but i just i just enjoy it it's not really for anyone else other than me yeah yeah, I think it's interesting. I don't understand that. So can that be our transition into the sins? Let's do it. Okay, everybody. Beardy stations, everyone. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains and remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin. Even our beloved Star Trek. I think the entire start of this one is probably sinful to some degree. <laughs> I, it would take me a great deal of, of stretching to yeah. try to understand why Beverly's question about the beards and questioning their beards and how it relates to makeup and fingernail polish might somehow relate to the rest of the episode entirely. This isn't even an attempt at an A plot, B plot. Nope. This is just some sort of random throwaway scene that maybe didn't belong on this one at all and maybe they do this more often than i realize maybe they don't usually relate to it maybe it always is this sort of just a random pulled out scene from their everyday lives that has nothing to do with anything and that's the purpose of it but i've never noticed it the disjointedness of it yeah. so much more than this episode this one's just like a glaring like what the fuck was that scene about <laughs> why are we doing this it is <laughs> it's a i think somebody thought the scene was fun and wanted to do it. It was. LeVar Burton wanted to grow a beard for some reason. Well, not for some reason, but they wanted to incorporate that into the film. There's one other time where he tries to grow a beard and they work it into the script as well. It's almost like people just couldn't change how they looked. Because this would go into syndication, you needed an explanation for why that person had a beard. So Riker got away Maybe with it so. because it's from season yeah. two on right. all of it. It's just season one. But Geordie having a beard in two episodes is like, oh, this is strange. Where are we? What are we doing? Like, I always think about that. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a tap okay. into humanity. And okay. the because we're sentient and self-aware, the things we worry about are whether we have a beard or not. Whereas the exocomps, the stuff they're worrying about is are they life? And it's an maybe. evolution to the very, the very start of life. To no. where we are now at our most no. advanced. No, 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 point. no, no, no. no. I think, I think you're right. Jordy has a beard. People are wondering why. Yeah, they but want to talk about it. This is the weird thing to me. Why do we care? Why? Why does Beverly saying I have a suspicion? I am. I've been suspicious of men with beards. Yeah. Like, well, that makes no sense at all. And then she hears about how, like, in for Klingons, it's like this ancient proud tradition. A strength thing and she's like well i can't do it so does that mean i'm not strong and i'm just like what the absolute fuck why is she so cheeky like this is just so strange i kind of understood because Riker. Riker says it's a sign of strength and he specifically says strength and beverly's response is oh and of course women can't grow one as like it's another way of the patriarchy kind of dominating women like hey i am man because i grow beard but it's an interesting conversation 
Well, we already mentioned it too, just real briefly. Another sin. We don't have to talk about it, but the other sin is that Worf didn't have a chance to say no. I don't want to shave my beard. <laughs> yeah. it's like, no, I'm so not, stupid. Not in this bed. Um, <sighs> and it's I kind of it always bugged me the brunette thing. Riker being like, "Oh, I've always wanted to see you as a brunette." I'm like, "Fuck you, dude! Like, stop being such a horn dog." Like, I don't I don't know if that was meant to be horny, but it definitely feels horny. Um, I have a pretty fundamental question. Um. I want to know how many exocomps have been murdered because a lot. when they seen, first well, discover maybe. the extra circuitry, she's like, yeah, this happens. Sometimes this they grow happens. extra pathways. I wipe them. <laughs> like she has murdered so many of these little buddies. And is that going like, to weigh <laughs> on her conscience? Like they weren't malfunctioning. They were evolving and you just wiped them off the planet. Like that's, that's a thing that is never addressed. Very sinful. I love it. Um, I would say there's this moment between Dr. Farallon and uh, Jordy. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very beginning, you know, he's like hot on her heels. Like, we got to get this working or it's not going to do this. And she's like, I know, I know. They're just kind of like arguing a lot back and forth. And th- something happens and they send the exocomp to save the day. And she's she says, uh, I'm going to send this exocomp down this tube to fix this problem. If it doesn't fix the problem, we still have time to get out. Like, we still have time, so we're going to do this. Then he says to her, after it goes down the tube, he sends his information to the Enterprise. Yep, we're, we're doing something here. And then he says to Dr. Farallon, if this thing doesn't work soon, we'll have to shut it down, all right? And I'm just like, she just said that. <laughs> she fucking just said that. How many times in my fucking life am I going to watch a woman? Sorry, I'm going to take it a little, little bit it. more of a sexist thing. To watch a fucking woman have a plan and then nobody listens to it and then it comes out of the mouth of another fucking person and then everyone's like, oh, that's a great idea. Okay, I'm having personal flashbacks. <laughs> this happens to me yeah. all the time. And it's just like, I've learned over time, whether you believe it or not, based on my passion, to let it go. But it still builds up and it still just like packs in there. And then you see it happening on TV and you're just like, fuck you, Jordy. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just said fuck you, Jordy, in my soul. And I love Jordy, but fuck you, Jordy. She just said that. Sorry, that was my sin. No, I get it. Jordy's very forceful in this episode. Like, I get that he's there and she's a feisty character that he always has to temper. But it's like, it's not your job to temper that. But he is also doing his job. It's but yeah, he, he said the exact same thing. There's no reason he should say confirmed doctor. Great fucking plan. Let's Good goddamn point. go. Yeah, That's what I he agree. should say. You're, you're right. Jordy is a bastard. He should not be on the show. Um, while while we're on that that kind of area of the episode, nowhere near as profound. But we have a classic explosion on a metal room here that creates rocks and rubble like there is just a yes. ton of rocks that get fired out of that tube it's like where the fuck are the rocks coming from this happens so much on the bridge of the enterprise it's like yes dirt and rubble it would be metal it, it would be metal possibly a chemical reaction of fire and crystals exactly uh just just for possibly uh, geordie yeah. has been pushed in front of the explosion for repeating something that's already been said by an equally capable officer Yes. Um, I would sin the moment where uh, Data has said, I think these exocomps are alive. They go to recreate this um, experiment. They send the exocomp down the tube um, within this framework that they've, you know, decided that they, they're they going to put it in danger and see if it shuts down. But they give Dr. Farallon the ability to program it. And I just mm. feel like she has shown enough uh, <laughs> 
of her own she has her own biases? issues that biases thank yeah. you that somebody else should probably be pushing the buttons on the exocomp just to make sure that there's a completely neutral party that doesn't have any like you said biases about the yeah. outcome of this mm -hmm. she's very clearly at this point been like these are robots they don't mean anything so why are we giving her any amount of power in this experiment i think that's a sin yep totally agree it should have been somebody impartial it definitely should have been data like you can trust data to it's in his best interest for the exocomps to be honest in this situation so yeah totally agree with that um, this is a really, really nitpicky one that I don't know if it would make it into the script were we to write a script on this. But in the 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 lab, the mining facility, there's this huge, huge, huge perspex screen. And we see it in the shot quite a lot. Geordie will walk past it. The doctor will walk past it. That screen has the schematic of the Enterprises or the Galaxy class warp core on it. And the reason I know that is because it's used in a different episode where they're, oh. <laughs> where they're trying to work out. They basically have to pull apart the Enterprise to work out how they can get it through this meteor field without setting off a load of explosions. And he just draw. he gets all over this schematic to work out how the warp core can be reconfigured. And I'm like, huh. You just moved that prop and used it on this station. Now, yes, this station might have a warp core to power it, but it fucking doesn't, does it? You just reuse the prop, and there's no reason for a warp core schematic to be on there. They didn't even change it. So, yeah. I, Maybe I that's their inspiration. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, This one also might not be a sin. I'd have to ask you for your expertise, oh, mm. Ian Captain. Um, When the uh mining station is faulty and starting to fail uh, at the... At the not the first time, but the second time. And it's so bad that they're going to have to abandon ship, essentially, or abandon station. Um, instructions are given to assemble on the transporter pad. And my question is, but I thought we don't need to do that. Is it that the transporter <laughs> pad, like, amplifies transportation? Oh, no. And so it's easier to go to the pad? Because I've seen them beam everywhere. So mm -hmm. why do they have to go to the pad? I'm just curious. Is that it. a sin? I hate it when this question comes up because I can never answer it. Oh, okay. I okay. My internal head cannon, and it doesn't make sense in this situation, it's that it's more efficient and it takes less power. And I think this is right when you go pad to pad. Right, because that makes sense. It's like, That's how I would design it if I was going to design something made up. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it's, what I would do. Like it has to, because you don't need a receiving pad when you're going down to the planet. No. So my head cannon is that that takes a lot of energy. So when you have the option to just go pad to pad, then yeah, that is more maybe stable. Maybe it keeps, keeps it your form a little bit longer. No, but maybe? I don't want that to be an option. I don't want that to be in question. I don't want my form. To ever well, yeah. be in question. I want that to be solid. But I'm guessing uh, it takes more yeah. energy to not do right. it on a pad. Because it's like, emergency and transport to the bridge. So we would have to frame that sin very carefully because we, we lack some specific knowledge. But I think it's a sin. But the way I Any would go sin? is that this is a fucking emergency. Beam them out. So maybe, right. maybe because of the ion displacement bullshit they can't. But then at the end of the episode, Picard and Geordie just get beamed out. They don't go to the pad. They do. They don't go to the pad. And also, I think that what we what I would want to do, because we watch this episode without pausing. And when we send things, obviously, we pause and have time to think about it. And we go back and we look at things and I zoom in and I kind of like really get nitpicky or whatever. And in this case, we're just watching it once through. 
when that scene starts, Jordy's like, I've just got everybody here. And I think you can glance around the room and maybe there's quite a few people that are on the station. Yeah, but then when the like emergency happens, the it's like six people leave. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I would I would I would definitely pay attention to how many people are on and how many people yeah. are being to see if there's a discrepancy there. I mean, I've got a great scene that ties straight into that. Transporters should never be your only fucking option. Like there should be escape pads, there should be a shuttle, escape pod, sorry. There should be a, a fleet of like little shuttlecrafts or something. There should be another way to get off this thing that isn't based on the transporters. Now, obviously, you can't do that because it breaks the episode. Um, but it's yeah, convenient exit is very inconvenient for convenient reasons. Um, I, I do have a, I do have another one. Uh, do you have any more? I've got, um, I think, I think yeah, no, one, got, maybe got, two more. I've got a few more. Okay, go on. Oh, is it me? Um, uh, right, okay, I, and this is a kind of an odd question as well is it unethical to experiment on the exocomp to prove that it's alive if it's alive like this is fine if it ends up not being alive because it's a spanner you can do whatever you want with it but if it's alive and you're sending it into a situation that it thinks is dangerous that's going to be traumatizing for the poor exocomp so you're subjecting it to an experiment without its consent to prove that it's alive and therefore should have needed to give consent so it's like a bit of that's right circular reasoning to get there but data should be he's, he's when they suggest well let's just put it at risk again and see if it saves its life and data's just like yeah let's go he should have like a couple of questions of eh, let's not actually put it in danger um yeah just maybe something about reasoning or, or something could have worked i also found it really interesting that like when they went to go program the exocomps to go to the station I was really curious, how do you put into that algorithm, that technical algorithm, that they have choice? Because they kind of oh, like brush 100%. over that quickly. Yes. Um, but the algorithm for choice must be really, really interesting. I guess technically Data has it himself. So maybe he has a way of just kind of knowing how to program that into their options. Well, they also don't know how to make another Data. <laughs> so even Data can't rebuild himself. Um, but no, that, that was one of my next sins as well, was do they know what they're agreeing to? Do they know that they're agreeing to a, a risky... I mean, they must do because they reprogram it. So they're just like, fuck that plan. We're not going to do that. We have this better plan. But how did you How did you explain to them that, yeah, you can say no to this because a, a machine would just be like, uh, I'm saying no. <laughs> no. The answer is no, I'm but, not doing that. But instead, that. they were problem solvers. So they're like designed to problem yeah. solve. I really could just sit in this episode and oh, think about it so much it's more. So it's great. Really I mean, there's a big yeah. thing that we didn't talk about that I forgot to mention. And it is the, the, the beauty of at what does every tool have the potential to then stop being a tool and start being conscious? Because holograms are another great example of this. Now that you know that you can make a hologram sentient and every hologram has the potential to be sentient, what are the ethics of using holograms? Like you're deliberately keeping them stupid so that you can use them for what you want. And it's the same with the exocomps. Could you would it be ethical to prevent them from evolving to keep them as tools when left to their own devices they would evolve? Like and, and they where are do you evolving the line? Like, it's crazy fast. Oh. It's no. They showed wonder. us the schematics of it. It's yeah. like they're six hundred times. They're 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 developing their own stuff. It's like, well, maybe maybe let them be. Okay, so we have a few that are alive. Let's <laughs> not keep doing that. <laughs> it's it's wild how we keep accidentally creating AI in Star Trek as well. It happens statistically an unlikely amount of time. <laughs> um, one of the sins I would absolutely 
absolutely be confident in, I'm not actually confident in anything mm, that I say on the mm-hmm. show, by the way. Nope. Um, is the there's this moment where Picard and Jordy are dramatically trapped on the station and it's gonna yeah. be flooded with the stuff that's gonna kill them and they're trying to come up with solutions and data's essentially saying we've got about twenty two minutes and they're going through their options. Nope, nope, nope. And somebody throws out, I think it's Dr. Farallon throws out, can we send a shuttle? No, no, no. Someone else says, can we send a shuttle? And she says, it wouldn't get there in time. But I just learned last episode that they're warp capable. So fuck you. <laughs> they could get there in time. And also, why wouldn't the ship be able Enterprise. to get anywhere in time? Enterprise it's can get just, there in it's time. right. You can look out the fucking window. I, <laughs> like, that's a dumb one. It's there. Yeah. That is why there's. That's not even addressing why they didn't use shuttles to evacuate people. Like, this thing has been twitchy as fuck. All of the shuttles should have been, like, just on demand, just waiting there. Um... Yeah, no, I totally agree. Sometimes they just yada yada things and we'll just... Yeah, they sh- but we'll that agree. one was really angry. That one's one. like, the only thing we can do is end this episode where the exocomps uh-huh. save the day on their own to bring Bo about. And you know what? I'm, dimension. I'm fine with that, but just don't mention shuttles at all. Don't tell me that they're there and not an option when I know that they are an option because mm-hmm. I learned it last time exactly. on this very show. The Type 2 shuttles Anything are warp else? capable. Um, da, 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 da. yeah. So we've got <laughs> we've got data being needlessly dramatic because he's in a TV show to, on two different occasions here. So when he's convinced that the exocomps are alive and it solved his experiment, he goes straight to the the mining thing, goes straight to Geordie and the Doctor, and says, "I cannot allow you to use the exocomps anymore. They are alive. We must stop." It is so yeah exactly roll credits (laughs) get to the commercials zoom in on data it's like it's so unprofessional it's like pull her to one side talk to picard first talk to geordie first don't just swan in there and be like stop in the name of life it's so over the top time to feel parental okay uh, it's not but that's not no it's it's not he's a cat it's so dramatic and like I'm not surprised there's conflict and she's pissed off because he just swoops in with the meaning of <laughs> yeah. life and says, fuck you, I'm taking your tools. Mm-hmm. There's other ways to approach that. And the second time is it's it's when they take over, when he takes over the transporters. Because, <laughs> it, it, like, um, considering they're on a fucking time limit here, Riker and Worf are fumbling over the control panels and just like, the transporters are offline, what's going on here? Data buries the lead so hard and lets them fumble about and then waits for the camera to zoom in and says, that would not be necessary, sir. I have locked out the transporters. Like, as soon as he does it, he should tell them so that they can get on with it because the the, the clock is ticking here. He should say, Commander, no bells, no whistles. I'm sorry, you're not going to do this. Here's why I've locked you out. <laughs> it's like, I don't you know, maybe he was still running dramatic. his... Maybe he was running his own personal diagnostic for the pros and cons. <laughs> yeah, I may, Take a moment. may well be. Um, but uh, other than that, Data surviving this is the other biggest one. His career should be in shambles. He still disobeyed a direct order. He still is in big fucking doo-doo for this. But we'll just <laughs> we'll forget about that and move on. That'd be the sin. Data's in big fucking doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> and yet he isn't. Um, um, I think the only thing that I would... I have one sin, but I think I'm going to use it for my quote for the end of the show. Mm. So I'm going to... Okay. So 
because I think that it's wrong. <laughs> but we'll... <laughs> and you think I so, won't correct your end of episode quote? It, it could. I have two. I have two. Okay, so you have a backup. So nice. yeah, I have a backup. And then if it doesn't, if my if my if my if my potentially wrong, if my t- potentially sinful quote ends up working, then I'll tell you my other quote in the outtakes after the show. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Next week, your homework. Oof, we are still continuing our data character study with one of the best, best TNG episodes. One of the like absolute classics, The Measure of a Man. Um, this is a huge seminal episode of not just TNG, of like pop culture as well. It's so, so cool. Um, it's an excellent, excellent episode. Cannot wait to watch it with the ambassador. It'll be a similar type of discussion to what we had this week as well. Maybe I should have done this one first, but I don't care. It's my <laughs> ship, and I'll set whatever course I fucking want. Um, but yeah, next week's episode is The Measure of a Man. Um, with that, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, my beard is hiding nothing but a chin. Uh, and there is a big difference between you and a virus, but both are alive. Mm. I don't know if that's true. Viruses aren't alive, technically. All right. Well, then I have another <laughs> one ready to go. <laughs> my favorite quote, I think, of well, one of my favorite quotes was, uh, the struggle for the answer is important. It helps us to define our place in the universe for me. Fuck yeah, it does. And live long in Potsburg. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Let's all take a moment um, and think of a time that you have smelled a disgusting carpet in your life. And for those in England, don't take that the rude way. (laughs) It is not that kind of show. It is that kind of show. Sticky carpet is a lot worse. Um, I'm, I'm literally okay. So I I've stayed at houses where they still had shag carpet, and when I was, I have a I have a memory. I don't remember what house I was in. I think I was probably around eight or nine years old, and I was at a uh, like a friend's house, like a stayover or sleepover or something. And when you're doing a sleepover, I mean, you're supposed to bring like a, a like a backpack and your little sleeping bag and and or have a place to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember at this one occasion, my location for sleeping at the sleepover was like right up against the sofa on the floor. And for whatever reason, I could still I could smell the carpet. And it was like a really plushy shag carpet. Mm-hmm. And I just remember looking underneath the couch and I could see stuff under the couch. Oh, and I like no. I remember reaching oh. out and no, just like. Re- <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. You didn't. There's yes, no need I to did. do that. I was a kid. I There's mean, no you're not. <laughs> you should have been raised better. There's no need to do that. <laughs> Along that same line of carpet conversation, this one came from Michael. I don't walk barefoot in other people's houses. It's smart. It's smart. We should do a poll. Do you walk barefoot in other okay. people's houses? I'll get, get yeah, on okay. that poll. All right. I'll make the poll. Now, for anybody new, poll. anybody new, Danae's polls don't usually go as you expect. You might be expecting a yes or no to this poll. I can almost guarantee that neither of those things will be available answers to you. So just take these polls for, for as they are intended. <laughs> they are factual information gathering um, vessels. Okay. Kind poll of- is up. Oh, you guys no. Can- you guys, there's only two options. Great. Option number one, and this is for the Twitch people. Sorry on YouTube. We don't know how to do polls on YouTube. I don't even know if we can. But for those on Twitch, your options are, the question is, 
do you walk barefoot in people's houses? The options are fuck that, no way, and yes, I love skin cells. <laughs> I love my skin cells. Oh, it's gross. gross. It's really, really gross. Let's look at the let's look at the polls. Uh, do you walk barefoot in people's houses? Ninety three. Fuck that. No way. <laughs> Seven. I'm yes, fine. I like skin cells. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm fine. Like I just I just take my shoes off. Or I don't like wearing my shoes. I feel like I'm tracking mud everywhere, regardless. <laughs> just even when you're barefoot, or like just no, it just I mean seeps out my... of your skin, or. <laughs> We love getting your recommendations. I always kind of feel bad because there's more of you than us and we can only review so many things at once, but we have mm. so many great suggestions come in through all kinds of outlets, but we definitely pay attention to what you guys say and uh, we wish we could get to it all. Like truly, if we could do every movie suggested to us, uh, oh my goodness, we, we would love, love to we can't we even love do every do Star Trek episode suggested to us. Like, I have one that I want us to do from my childhood, too. And I'm like, I always feel bad when we're... If we brainstorm, I don't want to bring it up because there's this massive list of suggested videos that I feel like we should get to before, oh, you know, no, I have... they would love your suggestion. They would love no, it. Just do it. No, do no, it. No, no. Do yeah, it. I guess I could write the script and just send it. <laughs> <laughs> just 100% me. Yep, Just absolutely. fangirling That's about... That's basically what we did with Lord of the Rings, the animated <laughs> one. We were oh just like, God. we want to do this, Chris. And he was like, okay, you're doing it. God, that uh, movie, Why do we man. do that? That movie, you and me, when we were, you were in the US at that time. And I remember you were over at my place and I was sitting in my chair and you're sitting across uh, on the couch. We're just like watching it separately, but at the same time, just mm. like, what the fuck what is, is this, this movie? Thing? What is rotoscoping? What is this animation style? And why? how many drugs are there? And why does it end so abruptly in the middle of a story <laughs> and it never gets resolved? Ooh, 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 yeah. Hello, my name is Hayden. I'm a huge fan of your videos. I will rewatch certain videos for the joy they cause. And I use you as a buffer for certain horror movies if I don't want to watch them myself. Honestly, same. Oh, 100%. I was wondering if you took suggestions. My dad had a movie from 1987 called Overboard on TV, the Overboard. one night, and I could almost hear the sins going off as I cringed. I would love to see what you guys can do with it. This is the kind of message we love to get. Yeah. And I have ones as well that I'm like, I kind of just want to go in and just give it the hell. Goldie Horn, Kurt so. Russell. Man, I have never seen this movie. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. Gold, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Uh huh. Oh my god, my parents watched that movie. <gasps> I'm having memories. Yeah, this is the film that everyone's parents watched for okay, sure. Okay, so I think in this one, like she loses her memory of who she so is, dry. and then she ends up like maybe she's wealthy, but then she loses her memory and she stays with Kurt Russell, who is like not great, and he has kids, and she's just like kind of like a housewife while her memory comes back You've or something. You nailed it. A cruel, really? Yeah, well done. A cruel Holy but beautiful shit. heiress mocks and cheats a hired carpenter. When she gets amnesia after an accident, he decides to introduce her to regular life by convincing her that they're husband and wife. That's he totally kidnaps her. Horrible, horrible <laughs> movie. Horrible it, it, plot. How fun would that one be to sin? I mean, anyway, so we... it's all messed up. <laughs> Um, I do, I do kind of love the semi hate that I'm getting in the chat for having for a what? giant, having a giant water bottle. 
<laughs> like, what's wrong with this? And okay, so it is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I I feel like it's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, here draining lakes with his big water bottle. <laughs> the great water shortage of um, 2023. Uh, let's get back to your water bottle while we're getting ready for yeah, the show apparently. to start. Um, it is the same same style, but I went for a green one. Um, I purchased it. Um, I was getting a lot of headaches, and I realized that when I started drinking water, the headaches stopped. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> now, here's the logic. Here's the logic behind the water bottle. And I honestly don't know if this is Aaron's logic or not, but this turns it into a competition for me. This makes it productive. So if I have got through one of... Now, I don't get through one of these a day. It's one every two days. So half is my target, and then the other half is the next day. It's a game. I'm a child. It hydrates me. It works. <laughs> headaches have stopped you can say whatever you want you're completely free yeah, anything goes. not being broadcast to anybody at fart all. bubbles uh why do why i think the weirdest the first, thing the first thing you know. think of is fart I'm bubbles i'm not sure ian I'm i just pop your fart bubbles something <laughs> that was meant to be like pop your please don't <laughs> pop your bubble of excitement please, I, I please don't, don't. no okay <laughs> it's a very it's a very personal <laughs> thing that's no fun for anybody. Nobody no, wants no, that. No, no, no. That's that's very personal. Yes, I do yes. know how to play chess. Am I good at it? Is another question. Have we ever played entirely chess? You and I together, yeah. like against each other. You would remember. No, I would remember because you're you, you would have kicked my butt. It would be traumatic. Well, we, we would suddenly realize that you're playing checkers. It's like no, no, no. <laughs> that's not that's not chess. That's. <laughs> No, I have not played chess in so long. I would I would remember if I played chess recently, mm-hmm. unless I am a robot, unless I'm an ex-comp who has had my memory wiped. Mm-hmm. I think this is exactly what would happen is we would play chess. You would yeah. beat me so bad that I would erase your memory of it happening so I could stay superior. Or you would like fry your own circuitry mm-hmm. to forget yes that you had lost to someone and else we all just we all just agree there is man there's an episode of star trek for everything like so in voyager the holographic doctor realizes that there's a crew member that he's never heard of that appears in like a photo or something and he has memories of and they've deleted her from his memory because her she and harry kim were in an accident they had identical injuries and he could only save one of them and he chose harry kim and it like it broke his programming because he basically chose his friend over the other officer that he didn't know as well. And he's like, I shouldn't be allowed to do that. That's really fucked up. And they had to erase the entire thing from his program in order for him to still function. It's so messed up. We should not have AI. We should not be creating life. <laughs> right, I just I do need to clarify something from from Nick. Using channel points to highlight this message makes me feel squicky, as Ian would say. No. Ian would not say that. Squiffy? Squiffy. Squiffy. <laughs> squiffy. Do not misquote like me, squicky. sir. You son I like of a squicky. bitch. I Squicky. Man, this is all just a bit squicky. Here's one from Jagged earlier that I really enjoyed. If you start sending all 870 episodes of Star Trek, then by the time you are done, they'd probably have 1,000 and you could do another everything, <laughs> everywhere, all at once video, yeah. but Star Trek themed. Let's do it. Holy shit. I am all about that. Let's go. If we were to tell the team that we were going to attempt something as complicated as the EEAAO video, I wonder if everybody would be like, nah, we're not doing it again. Yeah, Chris's reaction <laughs> at the end of that video when he's like, fuck no, is not exaggerated. Like, that is, Chris is 100% like, I am not doing that anytime soon. 
it's got a it's a really special occasion knife fight elmo says the segment on the show should be wardrobe have become in tune with that watching this it basically did become a segment on picard didn't it like just we would set aside some time to just orgasm over everybody's uniform Um, oh my god i love the clothing so much in fact (sighs) i have a note here because we're doing something i can't tell you about just yet but we're doing something where i for a reason need to choose a Star Trek uniform, and I was very Tonight's carefully dress looking. Exocomp. I was, yeah. <laughs> I just show up with. Oh my god! Tonight the Exocomp. <laughs> um, Josh says it's a, a kind of common theme in Star Trek. There are certainly parallels between this episode and many others, and the android storyline in the first season of Picard. Thinking mostly of the ones that go wonky, and it leads them all being banned from Earth. And mm. isn't that what led Picard leaving Starfleet? I could be wrong about that. Um, I think Picard left Starfleet because of the Romulan situation, if I remember correctly. But it did involve AI. Yeah, after the... So um, there was an uh, basically a bunch of really simple androids attacked the Mars um, shipyards. And that destroyed the fleet that was going to be used to rescue the Romulans. And then Starfleet said, well, we tried, and then rubbed their hands of it and said, we're not going to help the Romulans anymore. And Picard said, well, if you don't help the Romulans, I leave Starfleet. And they let him leave. And then that was confounded compounded by the AI ban that followed. So he became super disillusioned on multiple fronts, all within like the space of a few months. Here's one that's completely unrelated to Star Trek from Michael, and that's totally fine because any question goes. We have we have time for just a couple more. Um, I'm in the early showing of Megan. It's PG-13, so I'm curious on the on this uh, they uh, where where they go maybe, and it's mm. all guys in the theater right now. Oh shit! That reminds me of when Aaron went to go see. <laughs> I think it was like a kids movie. I can't remember what it was, but he he reviewed. He was a movie critic for a, like a low. Well, he still is for um he's like an official movie critic um for the news station and they wanted him to review this particular movie and it was like geared towards young girls and he was the only male in the entire room and he's like in his 40s or something and he walks in and all the mothers that are there with their daughters just turn and look at him like he's a fucking predator (laughs) yeah poor guy uh does the exocomp have the ability to create (laughs) self-sealing stem bolts everything in the star trek universe has the ability to create self-sealing stem bolts that was a running joke in deep space nine um, they would always stumble across these stem bolts and nobody knows what they do. Uh, let's see. In Relics, Scotty says there's a pattern degradation, which means a percentage of you doesn't make it. So maybe the pad <laughs> allows more of you to make it through. Yeah. You know, I let's just, hope so. I don't so. want to know. I really don't want to know. The longer you're in there, the more bits of you decompose. And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, why are we using these machines? You would think that there would be some kind of like a... a an item that you would wear on your person that would let you know when you've beamed too much. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> badge you've got so many. I want to know how like, it detects that, So though, many. Because as soon as it detects it, that means it's too late. Well, through through the experimentation phase that they did with exocomps, uh, they just put them through an experiment to see how long it took for someone to completely degrade. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes data just locks you out of all of the systems when you're about to die. And sometimes you She's just have so to powerful. adapt get on with it that's just what happens that seems to be another recurring theme of what we're doing <laughs> is data like making a choice to do something pretty insane to be honest data making unilateral decisions that affect everybody um, everybody yeah 
like yeah, I don't I don't remember Geordie ever pulling this shit. I don't remember Geordie locking everyone out of the ship. Okay, and but who has the ability questions. to do that? Like I, mean, I don't if Data does, anyone at his level or like above does. So Geordie does. Technically Beverly does. Riker. So not many people. Not many people. But it's it seems to be Data that does it a lot. Um, yeah, he's definitely OP. You're right about he's that. He's OP. He would not be You're allowed right in my D&D he- game. He would be nerfed so quick. I would. He would be awarded to the group and then removed the next week. Yes. <laughs> he was stolen in the night. You just, you never see him again. Don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. It's not like you're 30 minutes late because you had work that you had to finish. The captain will be understanding. He's not a stressful captain. He's not waiting at the bay doors, tapping his foot with a stern look on his face. Of course, you can't really see his face. It's mostly beard. 